Welcome to All The Things Podcast. I'm Regina Lawrence, your host. I'm a lawyer turned soulful business strategist and transformational mindset coach. I'm also the founder of the community, All The Things Business. I've created a community of women who can truly be all the things, successful, spiritual, sexual, and wildly unique, all while creating a life of purpose and passion according to our own rules. We don't have to look or be a person that societal norms dictate anymore. We don't have to play by somebody else's rules. We can be whoever we want to be, and that person can be all the things in one. Each week, I'll bring you episodes where we dive deep into business, entrepreneurship, and a whole host of topics to help us dive into who we truly are so that we can really be all the things. Welcome to my podcast. Hey guys, I know that starting a business can be really complicated, confusing, scary, and there's so many moments when you're starting your business or when you're pivoting your business, you feel really, really confused and like you have no one to talk to. I totally understand that because when I started my coaching business, I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. I felt like I tried a million things and I would hit dead ends and I would just try and try and try and try. Luckily, I was able to figure it out, but I had to take the long way. And that is exactly why I am the business coach that I am, because I've tried and I've tried and I've tried all of the things, and I know what works in creating, scaling, and pivoting your online and coaching business. If you are needing a friend, if you are needing a coach and somebody to hold your hand through this crazy process of growing your business online, schedule a free 30-minute virtual coffee chat with me. Go to my website, reginalawrence.com, and click Schedule a Virtual Coffee Chat, and we can hop on and talk about one particular issue in your business that you are struggling with right now. And by the end of that 30 minutes, I promise you that you will have a solution. Once again, it's www.reginalawrence.com, and click Schedule a Virtual Coffee Chat. I cannot wait to talk to you and help you unravel anything that you are struggling with in your business right now. Enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of All The Things Podcast. I am your host, Regina Lawrence. And today we are talking about Feng Shui and Ba Zi with the expert, Feng Shui by Jen, Jen Stone. I don't know if you're like me, but I really haven't had a great understanding of Feng Shui. And we talked about it in this episode. I knew it involved homes and energy and the way we organize homes to optimize energy. But Jen really breaks down for us how she goes into a space and she feng shui's a space and how she uses something called bazi to do that with the people who live in the space. I can't explain it as well as Jen does, but bazi is basically like a path that we are born onto when we are when we come onto this planet. And she looks at the time that we're born, our gender, and the place that we were born at, at the time that we were born. It's so fascinating. She explains it so well. As you'll learn on the episode, Jen is a native of Hong Kong, and she founded Feng Shui by Jen, providing comprehensive classical Feng Shui consulting services for homes and businesses, which includes individualized Bazi readings and auspicious date selection. She's located here in Scottsdale, Arizona, and she represents the prestigious Raymond Lowe School of Feng Shui and Destiny. She teaches Grand Master Raymond Lowe's programs. 
and all of her program certificates are co-signed by the Grand Master Raymond Lowe and Jen and endorsed by the International Feng Shui Association. She is a true master. She's so fucking funny. And as a bonus at the end of the episode, she goes through my bazi and what it means for me. And it's so interesting. I love it. Every time I listen to her talk about what she does and how she does it, it makes so much sense and is so beautiful. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Make sure you go follow her on Instagram at Feng Shui by Jen. And her website is www.fengshuibaijen. You don't need to just work with her in person. She can also work with you virtually. Hope you guys love this episode as much as we loved having the conversation. Okay, so today on the podcast, I'm so excited to have another person who is one of my Phoenix friends. And the thing I have loved about living in the Southwest is that I have literally met these incredible women who we meet for coffee and then we sit and talk for five hours and it's like, here is my soul sister. So today we have Feng Shui by Jen, Jen Stone on the podcast. Hola! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I still remember when we first met, we were set up by Nicole Maiden. And I remember I didn't even want to get up and go pee because we were on a flow with our conversation. We were having the best conversation. It lasted for hours. And it was like, where have you been all my life, Jen Stone? Exactly. Exactly. It was just like the spark and the chemistry. And I really, really enjoyed getting to know you. It was so much fun. And it's you know, I think when you get older, it gets a little tougher <laughs> meeting people. It's not like you're forced in a school setting and you have, oh, a study buddy, you're my friend. I think as you get older, you have your own sort of sets of values and things that you look for. And But once in a while, you get lucky enough to meet someone mm-hmm. and you're like, ah, oh, you're a keeper. Absolutely. I know. And I feel like any person that Magic Maiden ever introduces us to there's, she's just the most beautiful, soulful connector. So shout out Magic Maiden. I know you're going to love this. We love you. <laughs> we love you. So one of the things that really connected us amongst many is that you and I are both kind of crazy corporate dropouts that have gone in a completely different direction in our lives. Totally. Like, I think when, when you, when people meet us and I always correlate as the the first part of my life and then the current part of my life, they're like, wait, what, what did you do? Really? How did you go from that to this one? (laughs) Yeah, I know. People say the same thing to me. They're like, you were a lawyer. What? (laughs) And I was telling you earlier how actually I attribute that first part of my life to a lot of the skills that I've obtained, a lot of the experiences that I feel is necessary as an entrepreneur um, that really helped develop my, you would call maybe business savviness, uh, negotiation skills, and maybe the, the, you know, maybe the grit that comes with it. When people say no, you're like, wait a minute, no, what do you mean? No. (laughs) Totally. I think like, and I know you feel the same way. It was all a necessary part of the journey. Like we wouldn't be here in the things we're doing now if we didn't do that first part of life the way we did. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So you started your corporate career as a forensic auditor. Yeah. So I graduated, I went to uh, college 
uh, majoring in accounting, graduated at 20. I actually could have graduated at 19, but I decided I needed to take a year off. <laughs> like, hmm. So I got my CPA license. I started in Illinois and I worked for uh, one of the big four accounting firms. I worked for two of them. Um, I worked for PricewaterhouseCoopers and Deloitte & Touche. Um, I ended my career with PricewaterhouseCoopers. And so for those that don't really realize what auditing is, I think you have some ideas, you think of IRS auditors, but there's like a whole different layer to being an auditor for white collar crimes. I actually wanted to be an FBI agent, but I was too young. So I was like, okay, life comes full circle. And I worked my way up in this super male dominant, mm -hmm. super cutthroat, highly competitive environment where you really didn't know who had your back. And look at me, I'm a chick, I'm a minority, I'm an immigrant, um, but I was really good at what I did. I was fearless and I knew exactly what I wanted to get done, my mission, and worked my way up very quickly um, and did that for 12 years. Yeah, I worked in different industries like casinos and manufacturing and all kinds of stuff. It's wild. <laughs> How did you make the decision to leave a job and a career that you had been in and worked so hard at? You know, there was a, a lot of, I think, self-reflection and what I call the come to Jesus moment when you are um, sort of at this crossroad because I grew up, my parents were very conservative. They were all about education and job security. They had a lot of fear around money. Um, this constant you know, idea of lack, there isn't enough, we have to conserve. And so a lot of that was passed down to me in terms of, oh my gosh, I have to have a paycheck. You know, that's the only way to live and that's the only way to survive. But I would say it was around year 10 when I had that come to Jesus moment. I was walking in the middle of a casino floor at 830 in the morning, ready to audit this casino. And I'm wearing a backpack and there's this really old person, you know, looked at me and said, shouldn't you be in school? <laughs> I was like, uh. And I realized, you know, I was so fucking sick and tired of people misunderstanding my intentions. Um, they're not always happy to see me. They lie to me, uh, especially when there's crimes, actual crimes involved. And it was just a very dark, um, kind of depressing, you know, career. And I just realized to myself, there has to be something else. There has to be some other job that I can do where I can leverage my skills and my passion. And so my story is a real cliche. A, a really, really good friend of mine gave me a book on feng shui. Mm -hmm. And I was born in Hong Kong. So I was very familiar with the traditions of feng shui and, and all that stuff. And so that sparked my interest. And one thing led to another. It took me two years before I actually um, you know, walked away from my corporate career. I remembered I told um, one of the vice president in my company what I was doing. And he just looked me straight on and said, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you know? I said, yeah. He's like, I heard you put in your notice. I said, yeah, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna start a business. What are you starting? I'm gonna do feng shui. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and I thought, well, fuck you then, you know, I'm yeah. to you. So 10 years later, fast forward, um, 
I have a thriving consulting business. I actually hold the accredited feng shui master title, which is the first and only one here in North America. So I think, you know, it was such a blessing to have um, my previous chapter as a way to jumpstart my life's passion. Without that, I wouldn't have the right mindset to do what I'm doing today. But I think at the end of the day, I always said being an entrepreneur is like life school every day because you're not behind somebody else's logo, somebody else's mission. Everything that you do is set forth by you. Yeah. And I think it takes a very I commend people that decide to do that. It's not freaking easy. You're saying no to a lot of things. Um, the universe will test you, will test your conviction once you've made that decision. I mean, when I knew I was leaving, um, I got offered a promotion to basically run a whole entire department for a lot of money. Yeah. And I was like, I know universe what you're doing to me, but no thanks. <laughs> when you gave notice to start, your, and we're gonna leave to start your business, had you started, uh, had you started your feng shui business at that point on the side? Yeah, I started taking some classes and just registered my company and was kind of dabbling. But you know what? There's nothing that puts everything on the line from an energetics perspective and your whole mindset when you just have nothing, you have nothing else holding you back. And so even though I had something going and something started, it really wasn't until everything was on the line because I didn't have another paycheck coming in. And so my focus and my intention behind that really flourished, I would say, after I left my corporate job. It was the same thing for me. I had like, I wanted to leave at the perfect time and like wanted to have a certain amount of money saved. I had this like perfect Virgo plan in my brain. It didn't happen. And you know what? If I had waited for the perfect time, it never would have happened. Never. Never. I was like, you know what? I got some money saved. I got my 401k. Did I draw somebody out of my 401 Absolutely. Yeah. You know, because they're starting a business. First of all, we know is not easy. No. Um, even though we are blessed in this country that we can do whatever the hell we want to do. Right. Um, but starting a business that people don't freaking understand. <laughs> that's even harder. And that takes a lot of time and it requires all of you. You know, when you're talking about self-care and attending to relationships, it's almost like you need to have this agreement to say, I, I really need to devote and dedicate and commit at least for the next six, eight months, 12 months of what I need to do to really properly jumpstart my business. It's so true. I'm in, I'm going into year really proper year two of my business. And I still feel like that. I feel like I, I need to cut more things out of my life and devote more time to just sitting my ass in a chair. And there's so many things that are undone every day. <laughs> I mean, just the, the learning curve of realizing you have so many hats to wear. And I think people like yourself, Regina, uh, what you can offer as a resource to people is absolutely valuable. It's 100% valuable. I mean, when I started it, I like built my own website. I have no branding. I actually started my business grassroots style. I didn't have SEO. I didn't have all that fancy shit, you know? I mean, you look at my website right now and I could just barf, you know, because it's like so dated, but it was what I really focused on was the substance of my business. I wanted to be the best consultant and I wanted to have the best reputation, but that takes time. 
You know, when we talk about energy, <clears throat> money is energy. It comes and goes, right? But reputation is long lasting and that takes a little bit of time to build. Um, and so it is very scary. I, I definitely wouldn't diminish, you know, <laughs> how much work it requires. Oh my gosh. I think about like, the bursts of work, like there's certain times where I'm like the next two months I'm doing X in my business. And I, like, I had a two month period of time where I said every day for the next two months, when I first moved here, I am meeting a new human being and connecting with a new person. I did that for two months straight, five to seven days a week. My God. Like that's a lot of time and energy and commitment. I think about it. I'm like, wow, I can't believe post COVID. I'm like, wow, I can't believe you like met so many people. (laughs) Well, and sometimes you, you are required to do a lot of things that isn't an exact one for one return on investment, you know? And I think that's the misconception of, of being an entrepreneur that people don't really realize is, oh, if I put this marketing plan or if I have lunch with this person, you know, then I should get a thousand dollars back. But, you know, there isn't a, a straight formula when it comes to this, because I think with you, like knowing who you are, Regina, is you're very focused and you're very determined as a result of just who you are as a person, but also where you came from, right. your discipline, right? And your commitment to that. But that only comes if you don't have anything else distracting you. <laughs> exactly. And I also think, like you said, it's not a one for one. The time you spend with people doesn't necessarily equal dollars, but I think it's like, like save the energetic bank account, right? Like the more consistent we, consistently we do those things, we're saying to the universe, I'm opening these channels of connection, of communication. Like this is the space where the abundance can actually flow. I'm laying the groundwork. We just don't see it immediately. Yeah. Well, and also another thing is, <clears throat> I think we talk a lot about, you know, being authentic and how do we really present ourselves as business owners. And, you know, if we don't like to do certain things, we should just stay away from it. But I think when you're starting out, you don't even know what you don't like, and you don't even know what you're capable of. And so there is that kind of schooling period where you just have to throw yourself in a fire. And you're like, you know what? I really fucking hate doing website. I just, I'm gonna hire somebody. But it's because you've already experienced it to know that that is your pain point or your weak point or an area you don't even wanna devote on. And so as an entrepreneur, especially when I think back, oh my gosh, like, you know, 10 plus years ago, it was like, I didn't, I didn't go to business school. <laughs> it's just, you're like, oh, trial and error. You're like, mm, that didn't work. Oh, that worked. And, you know, maybe it worked now, but three years later, it doesn't work. Right. <laughs> I also think from going through trial by error in our businesses and learning what is my zone of excellence and what do, like, do I, am I not good at, does not bring me joy, energetically depletes me. It puts us in a position. So then when we hire people, we have some sense of what it takes. And so we know how to hire the right people. A thousand percent. You are absolutely right. Yeah. I like I know, even though I am a CPA, I have nothing to do with taxes. Like even when I was a CPA and people are like, oh, but my taxes. I'm like, huh? Like, what are you talking about? Um, I only took one class taxes in college and that was it. I had zero tax practice. Um, so I realized, you know what? I don't like to do my taxes. Um, I don't like to do my bookkeeping. So I hire people for that. <laughs> I don't like, I don't write my own contracts. 
I wasn't a contract attorney. I don't know how to write proper contracts. I love it. I won't do it. I will hire a, an attorney to do it. Or I can buy a, like a, a form and I can go through it and modify it. But like, I'm kind of winging it, you know? <laughs> I love it. Thanks for saying that. That just like, yeah. no way. But, but it's funny because I'm a business coach. People assume that like I can review their contracts. I'm like, I was a civil rights attorney and then I was a white collar fraud litigator. I, you need me to go to court for you and argue a speeding ticket. I'd actually be better at that than reviewing your contracts. I love it, girl. Love it. Gosh, it's so funny. So your first, your business started as feng shui. That was the first thing that you got into. Yes. Explain to the listeners what feng shui is because before I met you, I just knew of feng shui as the way I would organize a space for energy to flow in a certain way. That's how I understood it. Yes. You're actually 80% correct. Okay. So good job, Regina. Thank you. <laughs> um, yes. There's a lot of uh, misconceptions and misunderstandings around feng shui. Um, you know, there's different styles of feng shui. I only practiced a classical Chinese tradition approach, not the Americanized version, which is probably what most people think of feng shui um, because that's very pervasive in the West. Um, but feng shui is just a tool that helps us to understand the energetics of our environment. And so the way that I kind of bring that idea home is similar to when you look at yourself, for example, and you look at yourself through your birthday, right? So you were born and you have your own energy map. You have your own natal chart that outlines your strengths, your weaknesses, your quirks, and also your cycles, when you feel good, when you don't feel good, when you're in the flow, when you're out of flow. Well, houses or your spaces also have birth charts. So my job is to basically come in and put together the birth chart of the property and exactly do that to pinpoint the areas of strengths and areas of potential weaknesses. And then we bring in different elements, whether the elements are through colors or objects and things of that nature to optimize the flow of energy. So that's the easiest definition I have of a very complicated practice. <laughs> so yeah. hopefully that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. So when somebody hires you to come into their home or their space, how do you go in and evaluate a space? Like, is there a certain process that you go through? Yeah, actually, you know, it's a lot like um, we, we call ourselves uh, like space doctors. So just like you go to your doctor to get blood work, to understand the state of your health. And a doctor would come in and diagnose you based on the results and make proper recommendations. So the way I would do that is I always actually start with Bazi. And Bazi is a form of Chinese astrology. It's not quite an astrology, but we just say astrology because it's through your birthday. Because this is the tool that helps me understand who are the people living in this house right? So you can have a family of people, mom, dad, two kids, from their Bazi chart or their birth chart, I'm able to pinpoint to say, you know what, the second kid needs a little bit of a help. Or maybe based on their birth chart, the couple, maybe the married couple has some issues that they need to work on or to bring to light. And so that's the first part. And then I usually come in 
Um, of course, in COVID days, a lot of remote consultations and I have clients um, outside of Arizona. But basically, I would need to put the birth chart of the house. And the way we put the birth chart of the house is based on the year that the house was constructed, right? Just like you have a year that when you were born. And then um, I take the compass measurement of the house. So we take directional energy into consideration. It's very complicated. But once we have those two inputs together, then I can devise the birth chart. And then I superimpose that onto the floor plan of that particular property. So I do need a floor plan. And then it will tell me the distribution of the energy in that, in that space. So I can see what is the energy in the bedroom, what's the energy in the, in the main door. And I usually go through that process for about two hours with the client. I give them a preliminary um, sort of a verbal feedback. Um, it helps for me to be there on site to see the environment or through FaceTime. Um, and then they get a report uh, basically outlining everything that I've observed and the recommendations. So this is like the corporate me coming in with the formal report. And then I do post consultation support as they're making the adjustments in their home. And then I do a follow-up update to see, to check in what's changed, what's shifted for them. So when you said that you do the Bozzy chart for each person in the house, so, so you do the, you do the house, you do the chart for the entire house. Yes. And then say you run a chart for a child. Does that chart, the Bozzy chart for the child have an impact on the child's bedroom, for example? Yes, absolutely. Because in the simplest way, the very logical way I want sort of the, the listeners to kind of think about is just think about where you sleep. Let's say you're married. Okay you have a husband and a wife and you're sleeping in the same room on the same bed. There is one fixed energy in that space. Okay. But how do you explain that the husband is snoring away, you know, sleeping away and the wife is full of anxiety. She's having nightmares and she thinks there's ghosts. Okay. Mm. So it's because us humans, we are actually energy beings, right? We're made up of different components of elements or energy. So the way that we would respond and react to the energy of our spaces is also going to be unique. So if I know from the child's bazi that, you know what, maybe this year there's some sensitivity for the kid, uh, maybe uh, how does it impact the child, maybe it's health or maybe her studies concentration, then it allows me to prioritize the evaluation of the feng shui of the house to say, okay, where does the daughter sleep? Where is she spending her time studying? Then it allows me to zoom in to say, okay, is this space actually supporting the child or is it actually harming her? So if it's harming her, what do we now need to do to make the adjustment in our spaces so that we can minimize the effects and better support her? That's so interesting. I was wondering the connection between Bazi and feng shui. Yeah, because, you know, it, we, there's a saying that feng shui is not to make the house happy. It's to make the people living inside the house happy. So that's why you can have a variety of different people living in one house, but they all have different reactions to the space. Right. And so that's how we're able to use. But ba without Bazi, it's you're just diagnosing the house and you're not really helping the people. Mm, how do you rectify when you have a married couple or two people in the same space who are needing very different things in their bedroom. Yeah. 
It's tough. It happens a lot. And usually um, the way that we approach it from a professional standpoint is we always look at to see who is the stronger one energetically, because the stronger one energetically can take the brunt. Now, remember in, uh, in Chinese metaphysics, we, we don't believe that our environment trumps us people because we have our own personal destiny, but we also have free will. And our environment are simply just containers. So um, we never can beat feng shui. In other words, I'm sorry, the feng shui can never beat us. So let's just say you and I are hanging out in the bedroom and maybe I'm the one that's really sensitive to this room. So um, what I would say is maybe you would move me out of the room. Okay, but then you can stay in the room because you're energetically stronger, meaning the impact wouldn't be like you get sick, you start throwing up or anything like that. Maybe you just have some restless sleep, some vivid dreams, but nothing traumatic. Okay, because your personal body shows that you are in a much stronger place. Okay, if you had a husband and wife, and let's say the wife is energetically stronger than the husband. Do you tend to maybe cater parts of the space to the one who's weaker energetically? A thousand percent, yes. We leave well enough alone and we pay attention to the one that needs the assistance. You know, in China or in different parts of Asia, you know, they have multi-generations that live inside the home. And I've done jobs where there's eight people in the house and you do their feng shui, I mean, you do their bazi, and then you realize, oh, grandpa is, you know, not doing well. So where's grandpa sleeping? Maybe the room is also not so well, but then maybe I check the grandchild. Grandchild's doing good. Is it possible for you guys to switch rooms? Okay. <laughs> you know. So that's how it works. Yeah. That's so interesting. <laughs> so I know that you touched on Bozzy and we've been talking about it a little bit, but what exactly is Bozzy and how does it differ from the traditional zodiac signs that people are very used to talking about and hearing about. So Bazi is not quite like an astrology reading because we don't base it on stars or movements of planet. Um, Everything in the Chinese metaphysics realm, um, whether that's Chinese medicine or Qigong, face reading, Bazi, Feng Shui, the fundamental technique is really based on the five elements, right? And these five elements are just different names for energy. Um, And so we look at people as, like I said, energy being, and the way that Bazi is popularly described, it's more like a destiny reading. It's your life path or your blueprint, your destiny blueprint. And the way I often like to describe that is like, you remember the olden days before GPS was around, you'd pull up a map and you're like, Ooh, what's the scenic route, which takes longer? What's the fastest road? Where are the bumps and the detours along the way? So each and every one of us actually has this kind of a roadmap. So the more that you become familiar with your own roadmap, you realize Well, the first thing that I realized is a common um, revelation in most people is the need to compare, right? Why am I not yet married? Why am I not, you know, why is my son like still dilly-dallying, right? Why are they not in school? Or, you know, I'm finally coming to the prime when I'm in my 40s, right? Um, It's because we all have our own timeline. So the way that I describe Bazi is 
it's just the understanding of the timing of events in your life. And these are things like when you fall in love, when it's the right time to start the business, right? When you move, all of the different events that create our human experience, um, it, it kind of just opens up the book and it allows you to understand and appreciate where are you at, all the events that led you to this moment. So if you have a chip on your shoulder, like, where's my mom? I didn't have the best childhood. Shit happens. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that's not like the most sensitive comment. But sometimes when you take your first breath as a baby, that is your life path, right? So there is this sense of understanding and acceptance. Then you can also use it to understand what's to come. So how do I adjust my be my behaviors and my actions to make use of the time that I'm in now and how can I better optimize and take advantage of what's to come. Mm -hmm. So I get to work with a lot of individuals and companies for a variety of reasons. We can look at this to understand our relationship dynamic with each other, even parent to child, spouses, siblings, family dynamic, to business partners, right? Um, and also we can look at this from a health perspective. So I, I work a lot with people that um, more common, I would say, is fertility for women. Uh, when is a good time to have a baby? That kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you first are going to run something, run someone's chart and kind of figure out their path, you look at, do you look at their birth date and where they were born? Yeah. So I need the whole birth date, uh, year, month, day, and time. And place of birth. Um, one other thing that's extra special about Bazi that I think some other modalities don't take into consideration is actually gender. We do take gender into consideration at the time of birth, right? So that doesn't include all the other stuff that happens later in life, but at the time of birth, uh, because remember, uh, Chinese metaphysics is all about the yin and the yang. So the, the male and the female. So in Chinese culture, are people very particular about when they are giving birth to their babies? And they're like, no, 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 I don't wanna have a baby at this time. I wanna have a baby next week in this other place. You are so good, Regina. <laughs> yes, because actually I was gonna say cesarean birth is very popular in Asian culture, particularly in places like Hong Kong and Shanghai, the more modernized places, because they, they inherently culturally understand that there is a huge impact as to the success of your life is based on your birthday. So as parents, you try to do everything that you can to like set up your child to have the best chart, right? Um, but you know, it's really interesting because we do a lot of auspicious date selection for cesarean surgeries. Um, I would say that's more common, obviously, in, in the Eastern, Far East uh, countries than it is here. Um, but sometimes Mother Nature's got her own deal going on, you know? Like maybe you choose a date that's on a Sunday and they can't do surgery and maybe the child decides to come out faster. So actually doctors and hospitals, they charge more. If you go to them and you say, you know what? No, I really want to have a baby on Tuesday at three o'clock. Oh, then they know. You. They know what you're up. They're like, mm, you can afford to pay a feng shui master to pick a day. We're going to charge you more. <laughs> of course. It's such smart business. <laughs> well, I thought about that too, because one of my girlfriends is, does shamanic work and her and her partner have been talking about having a baby. And she's like, oh no, 
we can't have a baby that month because if we do, our baby will be a Gemini and we are not having a Gemini baby. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's very true. I, uh, but it's interesting because I have Western clients that may not necessarily opt for a cesarean birth, but they will ask. Um, I, the recent story I have, God bless them, in case they're listening to this, I'm going to share their story, is his wife was literally in labor at the hospital and he is emailing me as his wife was having like labor going, Amanda's ready to give birth. Is today a good day or tomorrow? <laughs> and I was like, well, first of all, you never told me the gender of the child because that matters. Right. And so I had to analyze it both ways. So I'm like, if it's a boy, it should be today. If it's a girl, tomorrow's better. He's like, I have a feeling it's a girl. It's going to be a girl. So tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow. And I was like, after 1am, like Pacific Standard or uh, Eastern Standard Time, then she can have she can push. It's so funny. Like I gotta that. hold that baby in. You can't push till after midnight. <laughs> I love that. That makes perfect sense. Yes, yes. But you know, sometimes um, I, I've had people ask me, what do you do when you look at a baby's chart, and it's not like the best, right? And you just have to, whether you believe in other things like karma and, you know, soul contracts and that kind of stuff. One of the things that Bazi doesn't really focus so much about past lives and all that stuff. It really, to me, Bazi is so tangible because it really focuses on this life in this lifetime, you know, to really focus on making the best out of this life. And I always, I'm the ever optimist because I've worked with clients that have the shittiest fucking luck, but they are just absolutely resilient and they've chosen to be grateful and to live their best life. And then I've also worked with people that are, you know, they're in the best luck, but they're just Debbie Downers. So to me, that's still the element of mystery with Bazi. It's, it's people, what people choose to do with yeah. that. And I think regardless of like, even if your parents pick the quote unquote per perfect time or best time for you to be born, you're still having a human experience. You still have the free will to choose how to respond to different segments and portions of your life. Yes, because, you know, what is it? The World Health Organization announced that there's over 300,000 babies born every day. Now you have to maybe divide that. It's a rough guesstimate, 60 to 40, because there's more chicks born now than, than boys. So, you know, 60% girls. So 60% of that 300,000, you, you share the same chart. They have the exact same blueprint. But the anomaly with that is where they were born, the circumstances in which they were born into, their family, their parents, right? So if you think about like Bill Gates or Michael Jordan, there's thousands of people, males with the same birth chart, but there's only one Michael Jordan, right? It's because every single moment, how you choose to make a decision from how do I want to live my life to who am I going to marry? What career path I'm going to choose? Where do I want to live? Like all of these things factor into the overall human experience. And so while the elements, they don't discriminate, whether it doesn't care if you're a king or you're a peasant, it's going to come at you the same way. But when you line up those people and it all sounds so different, they have all different types of experiences. The elements are the same, but their experiences are different because of the choices that they've made. So yeah. I feel that Bazi is such a powerful tool because I've seen it empower people. 
you know, rather than to feel victim to, oh, this is my family and this is all the shit that happened to me. When you really can embrace and say, okay, it may be a wild ride for the next year or the next two years, but there's still things that I can consciously do today to have some control over my own destiny. Totally. When you and I met, you pulled my Bozzy chart and we talked about it. And it's so interesting to hear it. Like it's so the thing I love about Bozzy is it feels so scientific to me because it is, it just, this is what it is. There's no interpretation of the stars. It's nobody's like random download that they've gotten from a divine entity. It just, it is what it is. Um, I also thought it was so interesting because I know how I've gone through my life and the hardships of my life. And my mentality has been, this is my life. And so how can I live the best life through these really hard times? And it was interesting to hear about my Bozzy chart from you because it lines up so perfectly with my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, thank you for bringing that up. I mean, obviously I'm not a psychic, you know, I think some of us in some way or shape are intuitive or we have foresight and some good instincts. Um, And I think that's why it was really important to share my previous background coming from a really black and white environment to suddenly doing this type of work. It really is about solving puzzle. That's, that's the joy of what I do is solving puzzles. And so when I look at a person's birth chart is I'm looking at the puzzle and saying, okay, how do we make the pieces work? And what other types of things can I push you or help you shed light on? Um, so yeah, Bazi, you, <laughs> I love your chart. You make me <laughs> laugh. You make me laugh. Can I just say something too? Do you know this newscaster lawyer? Her name is Emily Campano. I believe, wow. you know, she, oh my gosh, please look her up. And for listeners, look her up. You look at her and then I want you to just put Regina's face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to look her up. Is she local to Arizona? No, she is a uh, national. I think she's on Fox. Okay, I'll look her up. But look her up. And when I pulled up Regina's chart, so Regina was born in the year of the tiger, but in Bazi, we don't focus on the year zodiac sign so like you're like oh jen i'm a monkey i'm a pig like what's up i'd be like oh good for you um because we focus on the day that you were born we need the whole birth chart birth input in order to come up with that so regina was born on a yang metal day she is a metal person like a giant steel warrior the law justice, altruism, fairness, the advocate for the little guy. A lot of Yang metal people are like the Margaret Thatcher, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the Martin Luther King, Mike Pence. These are all Yang metal. They're fiercely loyal. They are, uh, because they're, they can be commanding a lot of famous Chinese general in history were Yang metal men. So they often are really great in leadership type of position. So they can be quite authoritative authoritative and commanding and bossy, but that's why they are better as leaders. But also beautiful women are Yang Metal. J-Lo is Yang Metal. Okay. And uh, um, what's her name? Uh, Scarlett Johansson is also Yang Metal. So anyway, um, Regina's chart has a lot of what we call extreme power. You were born with this kind of configuration. And based on the profiles that we have done, so I personally have done over 10,000 
individual charts of like normal people. But then on my research database, I also have 10,000 of politicians, celebrities, public figures. So based on our research, a lot of people who are born into this world that have a lot of extreme power, we often correlate that with Kung Fu, okay, with Chinese. So this is like the Bruce Lee, where he is sheer power and strength, and that's genuine. But also a lot of people that tend to be um, law enforcement, they go into law enforcement, or they become politicians, they run for office, they run for higher office, that kind of stuff. Um, so when you see people that want to be soldiers, or they want to go to law, like Regina, it's because that's their destiny kind of led you to that part. Now, even though you're not a practicing attorney now, you still hold that image of extreme power. So even when you're running your business as a business coach, you're actually like the Kung Fu of that particular industry. So people who have extreme power are not fragile flower. They are tough cookies. Um, they can sometimes appear intimidating, even though you're like, what's up? I'm nice. Like, don't be afraid of me. Why are you stuttering? <laughs> Maybe that happens around boys, Regina. Yes, it does. Yeah. So that's that's the um, the aura, the essence of how you show. So I think with Regina, we talked a little bit about um, moving into a space of softness, you know, and kind of embracing a little bit of going inward and really taking better care of our heart. Because if you think about it, it's just giant piece of steel, right? And my teacher, Grandmaster Lowe, always said, the steel needs fire to melt the steel. Mm -hmm. So it's almost the fire is the heart. That's our vulnerability. That's our femininity. That's our willingness to like, just be raw. Right. And I think that just from chatting with you, you're in the process of discovering yeah. all of those things. Another thing about um, Regina's chart, which is so interesting is she was also born on the day of the dog. Okay. So you are a yang metal dog. Two things about this. Number one, she is incredibly intuitive, meaning her intuition is real. This is genuine. So if we like rewind it to 4,000 years ago when this was first invented, Regina's profession today would be a psychic. Like you would be a fortune teller, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but of course today we have many options, but you're essentially using your intuition in whatever it is that you're doing. So that's why we find athletes and entrepreneurs um, that have intuition, they're using their intuition in whatever field that they're doing. So trusting your gut, trusting your instinct, being able to reconcile the mind and the gut. Okay. It always comes back to that source. That's not like a Western woo woo way of saying this is real. And before we started recording, we talked about your stomach because yeah. that's the sensitivity of your intuition right there. Um, you can't see ghosts, Regina, because you have a lot of fire, but you can feel things. Yeah. You can sense things. They don't necessarily reveal themselves to you, <laughs> yeah. but they can. Like if let's say some, you see something, you have the configuration in Chinese, what we call Fei Kong. Fei Kong means you are genuinely the grandmaster of Kung Fu. And my teacher says, people who are Fei Kong, they can tell the ghost to go away. So you can even be an exorcist. Like you can tell the fucking ghost, get the fuck out of here. I don't want to see yeah. So when you think about this from a spiritual sense and also from a soul, 
right? From your soul and also from your physical. You're a powerhouse. You are incredibly um, uh, a force to be reckoned with. Mm. And I think that there also comes this interesting dynamic of protection, of allowing others to protect you. Because even though you go out to the world, you're very resourceful, you know, you're, you're all encompassing, you're very intellectual, very intelligent. Um, there's something about your buzzy that I think when the right moment or the right phase in your life comes, that's when you will really soften to sort of not be on guard so much because you are. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You're always on. <laughs> always. Well, and the thing, the thing that I love about Bazi is that we often have things in our life that we experience and we move through life and we think maybe that's not real or maybe that's a negative thing about me. And so whenever you and I have talked about this, like for example, I have had stomach problems my entire life. And I've had to do a lot of work around my nutrition and my stress and my anxiety, because if not, it destroys my stomach. Um, as I am getting older and I'm really tapping into the gifts that I have, I have the ability to hear things. I don't really see anything. That's not my gift. I can hear and I get audio downloads of information, right? Um, I have been very strong my whole life but I am now in the phase of really embracing my feminine and learning how to be vulnerable, even though vulnerability is so unbelievably painful. I just said to a guy the other day, I was on a date with this guy and we were talking about my personality. And I said, I seem really vulnerable. It's not real, okay? I said, I could literally sit on a stage and talk about my trauma or literally be naked and point and talk about my clitoris to people more than I could tell somebody that I am in love with them and how I feel about them because that is vulnerability. And that's the journey I'm on right now in my life is being vulnerable. So yeah. it, I love it because everything that you're saying matches up with what I have been going through on my journey through life. And it just affirms, yes, that is right what you were feeling and thinking and experiencing was real, is yeah. real. And what the interesting thing though, is this is something, the stomach, stomach health from a physical sense to the essence of vulnerability, which is fire. These are the things that you will embark on for the rest of your life. Mm. And I think that a lot of people, um, maybe don't realize that the things that we work on, well, yes, we know it's not going to happen overnight, but at the same time, do we ever fully come full circle? This is the lesson in your life mm -hmm. and you will come in and out of that. And I think when you have that realization, you're less harder on yourself where you're like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Like you already worked on that for five years. Like how did you relapse? And like you went back, you hardened yourself back up it because that's your default. Mm -hmm. And so that requires your human will, which comes with your consciousness to come to full awareness to say, these are the lessons that has been put forth in this journey of my life, then I need to constantly work on that. And I think when a lot of people hear that about their own, whether that's they have to work on their anger, you know, or they have to work on like just opening their mind or feeling more confident. 
it allows them to breathe some space into it to be like, oh, okay, I'm not a loser. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so for you, the stomach health, this is a lifelong thing. You know, if it wasn't like your digestive something, it would be your blood sugar something, or it will be your spleen. You know what I mean? Or it'd be like your cells. It's always like something because none of us are immune to anything, but also all of us, we came here, we're all out of balance. We all need something. And so there will be moments in life where we feel at peace, where we feel that brief moment of harmony, but it doesn't last because we don't live in utopia. You know, life is not static. And so I think that's what's the beauty of understanding the cycles of life and to be like, it's okay, I fell out of balance. It's just where I need to be right now. So if I know that I'm falling out of balance and I have a tendency for addiction or tendency to be self-critical of myself, then what do I need to have in place to make sure I have the tools, the rituals and the support system to make that journey less painful? You know, and I always correlate that with if you know you're going into that yucky, dark tunnel, there's no way around it. There's no shortcut. Okay, there's no amount of like magic that can allow you to overpass that. So you're like, okay, I'm ready. But what do I need? I need better boots. Maybe I need some snacks. I need a flashlight. You know, those are the things. And so, you know, I think tying that back to feng shui is just because you feng shui your house doesn't mean it's like that forever. <laughs> you know, just right. because you feng shui your house or you took care of your stomach or you took care of that vulnerability, you will have moments when you feel a little bit more at peace and at ease with the comfort of feeling vulnerable. But then, you know, six months later, you're like, oh my gosh, like I could just vomit right now. Ugh. So now trust me, I know. <laughs> and one more thing about your chart. Regina was born with an academic star. Academic star. Albert Einstein has academic star. And academic star has to be something you're born with. It's not necessarily talking about being book smart, although it can. Um, I have a lot of clients that like go on to higher education, like get their PhD. Um, but a lot of entrepreneurs and writers and innovators have academic star because this is talking about your intellectual mind in terms of your voracious need for knowledge. So you make a great teacher and teacher can mean a coach or a consultant or an advisor, but also you yourself. That's how you also look at relationships, the friends that you keep in your inner circle. It's not just, ooh, girlfriend brunch. <laughs> it's right. what are you doing to my mind? What are you feeding me right now? So that's the same in your intimate relationships. It's beyond just the physical, but it's also, are you really keeping my brain stimulated? Totally. So that's why I think this is such a, your chart is so interesting to me because you have both the mind and the gut. Huh? Mm. Yeah, special girl. It's interesting. It's an interesting way to live in a body to have the in, have in my the mind that I have, and the intuition I have, and how they are both always trying to coexist with one another. And it's not about shutting one or the other. It's actually the dualities of that. Yeah. You know, it, it's like you're the neurosurgeon neurosurgeon very black and white, and you have the technical training for it. But you also write music, like yes. from thin air. That's who you are. <laughs> so interesting because my whole life I've always said, you know, they'll they'll say you're more right-brained or you're more left-brained, but I have always been the kid who was a classically trained pianist and studied art 
and then was a philosophy and literature major and very analytical, went to law school. So I've always had the two sides yeah. constantly. Yeah, yeah, it shows. That's why it's it's not so much about suppressing one or the other or nurturing one or the other. It actually is both. And this is your essence. This isn't something that you pick up at 30 years old or like at 50 where you're like, oh my gosh, I have finally have it figured out. No, this is a part of you at the moment of birth when you took your first breath. It's really cool. That's amazing. Oh, I love this so much. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> How can people find you and work with you? Um, they can go on my website, fengshuibaijen.com. Um, I'm also on Insta, at fengshuibaijen. I would say those are the, probably the easiest place to find me. Um, I do a lot of community um, events with workshops. So if you're ever curious, you have like a weekend off, you have two hours to spare. Um, obviously today we're all in Zoom land. So the accessibility to my classes are a lot more. Um, so I would say join, you know, spark your interest, learn something a little bit different and see if it really resonates with you. And then I, you know, would love to work with you. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing all of your wisdom. Thanks, Regina. If you guys love this podcast, we, Jen and I would love it if you would take a screenshot, tag it in your stories, DM us, let us know what you loved about it. I love you guys. Have such a great week and I will see you next week on the podcast. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved what you heard, I would be beyond thankful if you would share this podcast on your Instagram story and share with me what about the episode with me or with my guests that you loved. Also, please remember if you love this podcast to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes so that you don't miss out on all of the incredible guests and topics that we have lined up for you during this crazy year. And as always, if there is ever a guest or a topic or anything you would like for me and a guest to discuss, just shoot me a DM on Instagram at Regina A. Lawrence. Lots of love, guys.